Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And before we go in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, I do want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick and talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Gangster Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up? I want to say today is August 12, 2022, and I want to say shout-out, happy five-year sobriety to my favorite current Raider, Darren Waller. Today marks five years of his sobriety, and it's also my brother who um, passed away. It's his birthday, so it's a bittersweet day, but it's also a day of celebration yeah. because Darren Waller completing five years of sobriety. I think his sobriety helped Max Crosby decide he wanted to get sober, and you know he's just celebrated three years of sobriety last. I mean, earlier this year when he signed this contract extension, and I think that is a debt, a real direct um, cause and effect of Darren Waller, you know, influence on Max Crosby. Right. That's why I say Darren Waller is one of my favorite players. You know what I'm saying? Also, I want to say also uh, hug your loved ones that you got that's still remaining because I wish I could call my brother today and hug him and wish him a happy birthday. But he passed away from MS, you know what I'm saying, multiple sclerosis, you know what I mean, out there in Vegas. And he was a diehard Raider fan. And let's let's remember all our um, loved ones that we lost in Raider Nation, like Raider Black Hole Rob, you know what I'm saying, Rob Pirate Raider, Raider Pirate, you know what I mean, uh, Sylvia that just passed away. Veronica, you know, just all your loved ones. Hold on to them. Remember the ones we lost. And can I vent for a while, Q? Well, we because got Vin, we got Vinny, we got Vinny coming up real quick. But go ahead, real quick. Oh, I just want to act like everybody act like we act. We we did not play in the AFC West last year. Like we in a whole brand new division. <laughs> it's the same division we played in last year that we finished second. The only um, double other double digit team win and other team only other team to make the playoff in the division. But they act like it's a whole new division because the three players came in and two of them are washed up. If you ask me, but that's all I wanted to say. Keep it gangster, y'all. Remember to celebrate the loved ones and congratulations to Daryl Waller on five years of sobriety. I'm gone. Keep it gangster. Good call, good call. Appreciate you. And yeah, five years of sobriety for Darren Waller. That's awesome. You know, and for everything he is on the on the football field, he's even better off the football field uh, for the decisions he's made in life the last five years. So I, I definitely salute Darren Waller. So thank you for that. Now it's time to go in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, who's been patiently waiting. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time. And how cool is that, man? Darren Waller, five years sober. Yeah, uh, it's it's really amazing uh, story, uh, how far he's come, uh, what he had to overcome. He is an inspiration. And what I like, um, what I truly respect uh, about, about Darren is that, you know, he wears his story on his heart, on his sleeve. He's an open book about it, and he understands uh, the inspiration that it serves for others by him talking about it. I think he also understands talking about, you know, um, his troubles uh, in the past and things that he deals with to this day, we all do, right. uh, it's, it's, it's healthy to talk about it. Uh, and so I'm sure it's very therapeutic for him, not just to, to talk about it, but then to hear the positive response he gets back uh, on it, especially when people start talking about it in terms of how, they, how he has helped them. Um, and I think that helps Darren a lot. I agree 100%. And I think the Gangster Raider was spot on when he said that, you know, Darren Waller's story helped Max Crosby create his story, right? I think that those two definitely go together. Yeah, without question. Um, and that's, that's what we're talking about, you know, being a role model, being a leader, being somebody that's an inspiration to other people. And I think that uh, Max Crosby, his rookie year was 
really Darren Waller's breakthrough year. Um, yeah. And he saw um, how much being, you know, living the right life, being clean, being sober, uh, you know, uh, changed, changed Darren Waller's life and it, and it inspired him to do the same. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so it's I don't want to say funny because it's not the right word, but, uh, you know, we're talking about talking uh, things out and how it helps. And, you know, Thayer Munford, he, he talked it out with us yesterday at the media session uh, talking about, you know, the, the mental health uh, issues that he had going on and the anxiety that he was dealing with, even to the point where he didn't even know if he belonged on the team or in the NFL in general. How impressed were you by a rookie that had never really talked to us before to stand out there in front of the podium. Most guys are a little shy, but he went out there and basically let everything be known what was going on and was very comfortable doing it. Uh, extremely so. And, you know, I, I wrote about there, um, yeah, you know, after it, I guess it ran uh, in today's paper. It's up online right now. But, you know, um, you know, when it comes to rookies, uh, Q, you know, we can always sort of uh, chart their course. It's always a series of firsts, you know, your draft. Your first practice, your first OTA, the first day in pads, the first day, you know, you play an actual game, whether it's preseason or then the regular season. And, you, and those are great, um, you know, uh, moments in, in somebody's life. But we always um, and usually exclusively associate that with, you know, happiness and, and, you know, a sense of accomplishment and a sense of pride, which it always is. But on the flip side of that, we don't think about some of the things that's also associated with it, and that's anxiety and worry and, and uh, you know, apprehension. And, you know, this is a high-stakes job, and, and there's doubt, and there's, you want to be all tough and, and, and all of that, but that isn't always the case. And a lot of those uh, adjectives that I just used in terms of the apprehension, the worry, am I worthy, Should, do I even belong, all of those types of things, you know, uh, oftentimes get suppressed. Uh, and that's not always the way to do it. That's not the healthiest way uh, to handle that. And, and, and Thayer being, you know, man enough, I'm going to use the word man enough, yeah. uh, to come out and say, hey, look, you know, I need help. You know, and, and that's why I lean on the counselor. And the Raiders have a team counselor that, you know, has helped him and family and friends and teammates, too, in terms of talking about it. And there, if there's one thing I, I, I do want to add as well, um, you know, we're all – we're all susceptible. We're all, we all have doubts. We all have anxiety. We all have those types of things. Uh, and, and maybe it's somebody that we love, a loved one, a friend, a, you know, a coworker, a, a brother, a sister, whatever the case might be, that's, that's also going through some stuff. And one thing that, I, just in talking to Darren Waller about this, Solomon Thomas uh, about this, the one thing that we can do uh, for people that are in that kind of position that we know um, is a be a good listener and make it a comfortable experience for somebody to want to talk about their problems with you um, because that's we put a stigma on it like you're not tough enough you know you're you're you just just be quiet and just deal with it and just suck it up that's the worst thing to do number one and number two don't always try to solve the problem sometimes people just want to vent and get their um, emotions out there without somebody always trying to fix it for them that's almost the last thing to do in that situation so I think they are talking about his experiences is a lesson really for all of us. A, be comfortable to talk about it, and from the receiving end, make it a conducive situation and environment uh, that people are comfortable confiding in you and talking to you. Don't always be the solver, the, the problem solver. Uh, just be a listener sometimes.
You know, that's well said, Vinny. And, again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor uh, from the Morning Tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. It's got some great pieces out right now, including one on Thayer Mumford you need to check out. But I'm glad you said that about, you know, not always being able to solve the problem. I had to learn that years ago. Um, you know, when I first got married, I always tried to, anytime the wife had a problem or she was upset about something, I always tried to fix it. Like, okay, well, what's wrong? And then I would try to fix it. And finally one day she was like, shut up, shut up. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to have the answer. Just let me get it out. And I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we don't know that, Vinny. Like sometimes we think that if you're talking to me, I have to solve it. Sometimes you just have to let them let it out. There's no question about that. And, uh, and if we could talk to just the men out there, I know we're getting deep uh, here. here, But it's, it, you know, sometimes it's in our nature. That's kind of how we're wired to be yeah. the problem solver, especially with our loved ones, our spouses. Yep. Um, you know, and, 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 and honestly, as Q just said, that's not the approach. That's not, and sometimes it's, it has an adverse effect. Um, they just want to be heard. They just want uh, to, to be able to express themselves, whatever it is, their doubts, whatever it is that they're going through, without somebody saying, well, this is what you need to do. Right. You know, just listen. Uh, there will be always be a time for the advice um, and trying to, trying to help, but uh, there's a time and place for that. Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt. I think I'm glad that we uh, went down this with this path right here just to talk about it because, again, I think that's helpful for uh, everyone listening. And, uh, Vinny, since we're talking about Thayer Mumford, let's talk about the offensive line. You know, I mean, Brandon Parker, we know he's out. We don't know how long he's going to be out for, but we know we won't see him on Sunday. So uh, how big of an opportunity is Sunday and, and all the rest of these preseason games as well for a guy like Thayer Mumford and a guy like Jermaine Illuminor? Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge uh, because, you know, and we talked to Josh McDaniels about this. You know, we, we, we always refer to the offensive line. We're always thinking maybe, you know, just, just sometimes strictly on the starting five. Um, but, you know, he's always talked about it as being a whole thing, a whole, you know, group. And there's, a, there's an important role uh, that needs to be locked down and secured, and that's that swing tackle uh, position. And I'm not quite sure if, wh- how, how comfortable the Raiders are uh, uh, with that position right now. Uh, they gave Brandon Parker a shot on, on you know, uh, Thursday to play left tackle. He hadn't played a whole lot of left tackle in practice. Um, you know, uh, and, and he had to go in and play uh, on Thursday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did he do well? I can't sit here and say that. Um, and then on top of that, he got hurt. Right. Um, and so now they're going to give somebody else an opportunity. I don't think Colton Miller is going to play on Thursday. So somebody or on Sunday. So somebody has to play left tackle, and it's an opportunity for whoever that is. I think it's going to be Jermaine or Luminor starting uh, at left tackle, but you know we'll figure that out on on Sunday. And I would imagine Thayer Munford's going to get some time. Jackson Barton's going to get some time. But whoever gets the majority of time, whoever's out there, has an opportunity to show this coaching staff, like, look, in a pinch, in an emergency situation, if, you know, knock on wood, Colton Miller were to go down, I could be the guy that, takes, that, that, that holds it down at an adequate basis. Nobody's expecting anybody to come off the bench and be Colton Miller. That's unrealistic. Uh, but it can't be a turnstile over there. It can't be to the point where if you, if you had to replace Colt Miller, it's with the player that's not going to be able to protect Derek Carr's backside. I'm not so sure that, that Brandon Parker proved on Thursday that he was capable of doing that. He's not going to play on Sunday, so it's up to somebody else uh, to try to do it. Um, but uh, I also wonder if that position, that player, is actually on this roster right now. I, don't, I, I have a feeling that the Raiders are going to are, 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 have their eye uh, out and looking out for other options to fill that position. Yeah, Vinny, with you saying that they have their eye out for other options, what would be the timetable? Would this be a week maybe like before the season starts? 
how soon would they need to get that other guy in here so he could get acclimated with his team? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be – I think it's somebody that's on a roster right now. I do think that. I think that they know what's out there on the free agent market, and I don't think there's a whole lot of interest, especially for what their needs are. You know, we've talked about Daryl Williams and guys like that. Number one, I do think that the Raiders think that their starting right tackle is on the roster right now. Okay, so if you're Daryl Williams – even if the Raiders were interested in you, which is dubious to me at this point, I don't think I don't think there is interest there. But even if they were, if you're Daryl Williams and you're and, and and the Raiders are telling you we don't have a starting job available, but you come, can come here and be your, our swing tackle, Daryl Williams is going to say thank you, but no thank you. He looks at himself as a starter, wants to play as a starter, wants to get paid as a starter. So I don't even think that they, he would be interested in them, even if they were interested uh, in him under these circumstances. Um, so, you know, uh, in, in terms of that, to me, as far as, okay, who would that person be? I think it's somebody that's on a roster right now. I think it might be somebody that's flying under the radar uh, that maybe in a numbers game with their current team, maybe it's somebody that's pay, getting paid a little bit too much money for that team's payroll um, and salary cap. And so by the end of, you know, training camp, and there's two cuts uh, this year rather than the one lump one that there was last year. So, uh, the next round of cuts or that, that first round of cuts, keep your eye on who might be uh, hitting the, the open market. I'm sure the Raiders are too, because I think out of that, out of that group, uh, there might be somebody that they feel could come in here uh, and handle that job, but then also don't uh, lose sight of the trade market. There's somebody that's fell out of favor. There's somebody that maybe there was a scheme change, a new coaching staff, a new offensive coordinator who their skill set may not be the perfect fit for this new coaching staff. There's, there's oftentimes those types of players available that, hey, maybe he was a second-round pick, maybe he was a third-round pick that, that isn't working in that current situation, and you can give a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round sixth pick to go get. So I would keep an eye on that as well. So, Vinny, for the trade market, you're saying that if the Raiders were to make a trade for an offensive lineman out there, it would just be in draft compensation and not with a player that's already on the roster? It could be. That's a good point, uh, too. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the – if you look – if you're looking at, you know, maybe the Raiders dealing from a position of strength, running back comes to mind um, to go get something uh, to, to shore up a weakness, it would surprise me if the Raiders gave up uh, a starting caliber player or a player they thought fairly highly of but maybe have too much of to just go get, uh, you know, a reserve player, even as important as a swing tackle might be. Um, maybe that does happen, and I'm not. I wouldn't rule that out. But um, but I, if you if you get to a point where you're feeling like, let's just say Kenyon Drake, and I'm not saying that he's going to get traded or anything like that, or is under consideration for a trade. But let's say the way things work out at running back, Kenyon Drake is somebody that the Raiders say, you know what, we love you, you're great, but we have. Um, you know, more than enough at that position to fill that role. Now maybe we could use you to go uh, fortify another position. I would think it would be to go get a starter. If you're, if you're, you know, it doesn't have to be a high-end starter, but you're, if you're going to give up Kenyon Drake, to me it should be for somebody that's going to fill a, uh, a, a really important role on a starting basis, whereas that swing tackle position, uh, I would think draft pick compensation would come into play. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, you know, looking at some more of the team and as training camp goes on and on and on, you know, Vinny, it seems like we've been going to training camp for a long time now, right? And I'm sure that the players feel the same way as they're, you know, starting to get a little chippy out there and they're ready just to start hitting some other guys. But how have you seen the development so far of this team from the first day that we hit the, the blacktop out there to basically where we were today on the indoor? 
Well, number one, it feels like guys are taking less laps. There's less or there's less players taking laps uh, on mistakes. So, uh, so that that's a, that's a, a sign of growth because it was those first couple of days there were there were a lot of guys taking taking laps. We're still seeing it every once in a while, but not quite as much. Um, I you know what I like what I'm seeing from the defense. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from some of the young linebackers. Um, uh, the secondary, you know, I know the secondary is still a concern. They went out and signed a cornerback uh, today. I think that that's more of there's Rock Yassine, Trayvon Mullen still isn't out there. Anthony Averett hasn't practiced. Um, you know, so and then uh, they they just lost uh, LeBlanc to, uh, to to IR. So they got to get through a game on Sunday, and they need bodies, healthy bodies. So that I think what 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 that signing was. But when those guys have been healthy and out there, I like where the cornerback position is. I think that that's grown and developed even in just the, the short, you know, couple of few weeks that, that we've been in training camp. I like the, I like where the offense is right now. You know, I think that it's been, I think Albert Breer pointed out, and I didn't even, you know, this, this kind of flew under uh, my radar, but Derek Carr hasn't thrown an interception uh, throughout training camp. And now that I think about it, I don't, I don't remember him throwing a pick. Uh, during training camp, uh, so the, the the way the offense has kind of hit the ground running, in spite of some new additions, in spite of a new coaching staff and a new offense, that's pretty impressive to me as well. What are your expectations? What are you looking for in that other wide receiver? You know, I mean, you know who's established. You know who Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. But who's out of you know Mac Hollins, Demarcus Robinson, T. Billy? You know, guys like that. Uh, all those guys. Who are you kind of looking at? And do you think that this game on Sunday, one of these guys has an opportunity to start to separate? Yeah, and well, but here's the thing, though. Um, do we really? Do they, I should say, do the Raiders need anyone to separate uh, themselves from each other, or do they feel pretty good about all of them? And so if, if they do, then I don't see why that wide receiver, uh, that third wide receiver position, um, can't just be by committee. And, and when okay. I say that, I mean that you use, there's, there's three wide receivers, um, well, let's say four, Keelan Cole, Demarcus Robinson, Mac. Uh, Hollins and uh, and and uh, Tyron Johnson. So yep. all four of those guys, if they make the team, have just enough differences from each other that you can see them being used at various times in various situations, um, depending on what that situation is. If you're in the red zone, maybe Mac Hollins is the guy. You know, he's a bigger-bodied kind of a kind of a wide receiver. Uh, that could go fight for the ball in close quarters and, and be that guy. Or if you need a possession receiver, a guy to go get six, seven yards and a key first down, maybe that's the guy uh, for that role. If you want to stretch the field, uh, obviously uh, Teron Johnson's the guy with the speed. Um, if you want to do something um, a little bit more intricate, maybe Keelan Cole or Demarcus, Demarcus Robinson uh, is your guy. And here's the thing, all of those guys outside of uh, Tyron Johnson have – have produced in the NFL. There's a body of work there and also kind of an understanding of what their role is. Um, whatever team that they've come here from, they've had kind of a specific, specific role that they've been okay with. They've excelled at. Uh, they know how to, how to uh, get themselves ready and they, they know how to, you know, um, be productive in those types of roles. So I'm not so sure that anyone really needs to separate themselves. I kind of think that they like this group as a committee to, to fill that third wide receiver position. Yeah, Vinny, speaking of receivers, moving over to tight end, Darren Waller, Coach McDaniels, he gave the coach speak answer of, yeah, he's working to get back out there. But what are you hearing, or when do you expect Darren Waller to be back out at practice? Because it seems like if this was the regular season, he'd be playing. 
Um, yeah, I think you would be playing, but uh, if I'm Josh McDaniels and if I'm the training staff and if I'm Darren Waller too, and, and let's we can't lose sight of the fact that um, there's uh, a contract uh, in play here. Uh, I do think that, and you know, from what I've been told, there's there's uh, a lot of momentum and a desire on both sides to get something done. Not next year, but like now, you know, maybe even before training camp finishes up. So you have to kind of keep that uh, in mind. If you sometimes when you get close to that to that deadline or, or excuse me, that goal line, um, you know, there's there's if I'm Darren Waller, maybe I don't want to go on the field right now. And if I'm the Raiders, I don't want to I want to put him in that position uh, either. Um, if there's something going on, like if he was completely healthy, that would be a different story. But if there's even just a little something, it's better to uh, err on the side uh, of caution. And even if that's not uh, in consideration, even if this has nothing to do at all, um, you know, uh, w- w- with the contract, he's Darren Waller. He's way too important for you over the course of a season to push. If there's even just the slightest little thing with the hamstring right now, there's no need for him to be on, on a practice field at all. He's too good, too valuable. He'll be able to, when he gets back, he'll be perfectly fine. He's already shown that he knows how to take care of himself. He knows how to get ready, um, and, and he should be just fine. So for me, if I'm Josh McDaniels and I'm Darren Waller, the next time I see him on the field or I want to see him on the field is when he's absolutely 100% ready to go on, out on the field. Maybe that's you know, at, during the regular season or when the regular season starts. Vinny, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about Amir Abdullah. He's a guy that uh, I expected to not make the, the team, right? I mean, off top, when they signed him, I thought, okay, he's going to be another running back in the running back room. He'll go through training camp, whatever. I, I didn't expect him to make the team. I have no problem coming out and saying that. But, uh, you know, he's been flashing a little bit in training camp. Uh, you mentioned Albert Breer. He had put out uh, his little piece earlier today, really good stuff, and was saying that he could carve out that James White spot in Josh McDaniel's offense. What have you seen from Amir Abdullah and are you starting to well I don't know if you if you felt the same way I do, but how are you feeling about his chances of making the team? I mean talent wise he he's he's good enough to make the team. There's no question about that. Um and, and I think that he's a guy that understands what his role is and is like whatever that role is, I'm gonna master it and I'm gonna do it at the highest level uh, possible. He's not a guy that you're gonna have the ball off to twenty five times a game. He's not that kind of a guy. Maybe in early in his career, people thought of him as, as that, but now uh, where he is at this stage of his career, he's a role player and a situational player. And if he can master that role in that situation, then he can be an asset really for anybody. Um, but the question I have is, okay, if he does, and he's looked good out there. I mean, we'd be lying if we, if we said right. that every day he's not doing something. He's got speed. He's got elusiveness. He can catch the ball. Ball security obviously has been an issue. If he can get over that hurdle, then, then he's shown out there. We see him every day. Yeah. He's doing something good pretty much every day. Okay, so let's say that he is in line and it is pushing you know, for a, 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 a roster spot. At whose expense? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. there, there's no way they can keep all these guys. They're all good, but there's no way you can keep Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, uh, Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, uh, Amir Abdullah, and Jakob Johnson. That's right. six guys right there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's my thing. And so, again, I, I didn't have high hopes for Amir Abdullah when he signed, but, uh, you know, he, he, they're all out there competing, that's for sure. And so we'll see it on display on Sunday. I don't know who's going to be out there, but we'll see something out there on display on Sunday. Well, Vinny, it's always great to catch up with you, man. Of course, it's always great to uh, hang with you. I was telling the story yesterday how we're usually at practice, and me and you are usually shoulder to shoulder, and we're comparing, yeah. comparing notes and talking about the play that just happened. And I think that me and you really were on top of it 
early when it came to Nate Hobbs and, and what he was doing because we started talking about Nate, I felt like, a few weeks ago, and now I feel like everybody's talking about Nate. There's, there's no doubt about it, and uh, that goes back to day one last year, too. <laughs> we, yeah. we're, we're like, oh, okay, who's this guy? And, yep. he's only, and he's only gotten better. But I'm glad that everybody else is kind of catching up because I think Nate Hobbs has a chance to be a star in this league. I do, too. I agree 100%. Well, Vinny, uh, have a great evening, man. Enjoy your, 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 your downtime if you have a little bit, and then we'll see you on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. All right, man. Keep up the great work. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Vinny Bonsignor right there. Fantastic job on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang and, of course, on the RJ as well, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Make sure you go check out his work. Got a really good piece out on Thayer Munford right now. 425 is the time. We'll come back, get to some texts, get to some calls, and we'll get to Antonio Pierce, Raiders linebacker coach. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Update for the Little League World Series. Unfortunately, Nevada took a L. Henderson, Nevada lost in the Little League World Series to Santa Clara, Utah again. So they're out. They're done. They're not headed to the Little League World Series. I'm a little upset by that, but it happens. Shout out to the youngsters, though, to get as far as they did. That's really cool. What a, what a dream that must have been just to be there in that setting, to be able to go and compete and for the opportunity to make it to the Little League World Series. But... In the end, they did not get there, so better luck next year. So we'll, we'll continue. I'll continue to watch Little League World Series, though. I am watching some preseason football right now. The Falcons are down 17-14 to 14 to Detroit Lions. Eight seconds left in the, in, in the half. Desmond Ritter, the uh, quarterback, rookie quarterback out of Cincinnati, is in right now for the Falcons. Marcus Mariota actually did okay, former Raider, early in the game. But now Desmond Ritter's in, so... Just wanted to update you on a couple scores that are going on uh, around sports right now. I don't know if you saw. I, I know, Damon, I don't know. How big a baseball fan are you? I don't think I've even really asked. Moderate. I, I, I'm a casual. Okay, okay. Well, Fernando Tatis from the, uh, from the Padres just got suspended for 80 games. So yeah, I did see that, and it was performance enhancing. But he's not—he hasn't been playing all year, has he? He's—he's uh, he's been out with a bunch of injuries. But uh, man, that—that's a huge blow to the Padres, who just—they just—they uh, just got Juan Soto from the Nationals. Uh, they're supposed to have this powerhouse team, but I'll tell you what, man. Ever since Tatis signed that big deal, he's been injured all the time, and now all of a sudden he's popped for for uh, performance enhancing drugs. Not good. That shows that he wanted to get back out there more than anything, though, the fact that he was willing to take those measures. Or he might be a, like an A-Rod when he stopped getting on those uh, performance-enhancing things. He uh, couldn't, couldn't stay healthy, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that was the story of A-Rod's uh, career, right? I mean, dude was fantastic, but after he got off the, the performance enhancers or whatever he was on, uh, he couldn't stay healthy. He was always getting banged up, and, and it was always out. Uh, similar to Brian Cushing when Brian Cushing used to play with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Remember the the uh, linebacker out of USC, man, that dude, once he got off the juice, he was always injured. I mean, it's just it's one of those things, man. Some of those players, once they get off the juice or get off of the performance enhancers, whatever the case may be, they uh, they continuously get injured, continuously get injured, and get injured. So uh, we'll see what happens with Fernando Tatis, but that is a big deal. 
coming out of Major League Baseball. Now, you're going to hear from Raider linebacking coach Antonio Pierce in just a few minutes. I want to go over a couple text messages that we got on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Vegas Pete said, I miss hearing Vinny in his time slot. He's the ultimate insider. Thanks for having him on. And, yeah, no doubt about it, Vegas Pete. Appreciate you uh, with that text. And that, that was always the plan. That was always the plan is to have Vinny on at least once, at least once a week around 4 o'clock just to get his thoughts. The thing about it is having Vinny in the morning, it allows him, it frees him up for the rest of the day. It allows him to be at different places and cover different things, and it just gives him more freedom, and he can provide better coverage and bring more of that insider knowledge to not only the afternoon show, the late show, like right now, like he just did, but also the morning show and also you know, the midday show, so he can chime in with JT. I mean, he basically chime in with anybody, and it just gives him more freedom and, you know, more um, more ability to be all, all over the place and, and, and provide better coverage. So, yeah, uh, we love Vinny as well and definitely appreciate uh, all his great insight that he has, and it just he does a phenomenal job, so we definitely appreciate that. Uh, also got another text from uh, Just Win Wendy on the Salmon Ash text line. She said, friends at the torch around noon, talking about the game on Sunday. The pregame show will be the fabulous female alumni Raiderettes. One of my high school friends, Carla, will be out there in the 70s decade line. Then they all get to watch the game from the wind club. And during the game, I'll be looking at defense. If you know me, I'm all about D. Let's see at least one interception and at least one turnover. See you there. That's just win windy. And, uh, yeah, that's a good – That's the defense is something that you want to watch, right, Because for multiple reasons. I have a good idea what the offense is going to look like. I have a good idea that the offense is going to be really good. You're not going to see Derek Carr, in my opinion. You're not going to see Devontae Adams out there. So, you know, you're going to see an offense similar to what you saw last week at the Hall of Fame game. But the defense, I believe any opportunity they get to get out there and and get a little burn together against someone else that's not themselves is just going to help out. Right, And I'm not saying a Nate Hobbs is going to play a whole quarter. I'm not going to say, you know, stuff like that. Trayvon Merrick is going to play a whole quarter. But if they get a couple series, even, you know, even if they get three series as opposed to the two that they got last time, I think that that's a good help. Right. And again, they're working on the communication side of things. They're working on just knowing where they're supposed to be. You know, be where your feet are. They're, they're, they're just, they have to know exactly where, you know, where they need to be in the communication side of things. I think that's really important. So, yeah, I'll be focusing in on the defense as well. And I was, I don't want to say impressed because we all know it was the Jaguars and they weren't playing with, you know, all their starters. It's the first preseason game. You know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't out there. I don't want to say I was impressed by the defense in the first game, but I, I came away feeling encouraged by what I saw from the defense. And what I've been able to see all week at training camp, I've also been very encouraged. And I'll tell you, man, Patrick Graham walks around there and the way he communicates with his players and his other coaches, he walks around there with the utmost confidence, right? And as he should, he should be confident, but it's almost like these guys have been working together for a very long time. It's almost like they're all on the same page already. And I know that they're not yet. I know they're working towards that, but man, it sure does feel like that they're they're farther along than than what I even expected at this stage of the game uh, today. Even though it was kind of, I said at the beginning of the show, I don't want to say lazy, but a, a slower type tempo of his practice. Two guys that were going 100 miles an hour, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Even when they were on the sideline, they were on the sideline. They were working on some techniques. You know, you saw Max working on some some uh, you know some technique to get to the quarterback. Chandler showing them something. I mean, they were working together. And I, I was watching this for a while, just kind of staring at what they were doing. And then all of a sudden, you you hear the horn blow, and Max shoots across the field. Boom, beeline. And it's almost like him and Chandler were racing. Right? They were just like neck and neck. Just you know how you see like two dogs in a pack just running together or whatever. Or like you know, that's how it was. They were just like boom. 
They just shot out. And then the next, then the whistle blew again or the horn blew again. Boom. You see them run to another, another drill. I mean, it's just those guys, I feel like they set the tone for the, the rest of the defense because you see that effort that they're putting in just running from station to station to station. That I was pretty impressed with. I mean, that again, you're not looking for, you know, they're not going to be sacking the quarterback. They're not doing any of that stuff. But just little effort like that that they didn't have to do, they were out there doing. I think that that's pretty pretty telling of the kind of guys that they are and the work ethic that those dudes have. So we were supposed to talk to linebacker coach Antonio Pierce yesterday. We didn't get an opportunity to. They said, hey, we're going to have him tomorrow, and, and, and they did. So he was the first guy that came in following practice. Here is that conversation. Right, I think just um, even since he was a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, when we uh, first worked together, uh, just a guy that's matured, that's came, kind of coming to his own. As a linebacker, as a person, I think uh, since you've seen him here as a Raider, learn how to be a pro. Uh, you really see him with the veterans a lot, with, you know, obviously with Jayon and and uh, DP. You know, done a good job of just those guys mentoring him, and that's been good to see. And then obviously, you know, what you see with him from on the football field, a physical player, very intense, passionate about the game. Uh, big growth with him since he's been here. Yes, sir. I know he's missed the last few practices, but Devon Diablo, he's got it. He's only been playing this position you know, not even two years now. What have you seen from him as well? Uh, I think somebody's getting comfortable playing linebacker. You know, that transition is never easy. Everybody thinks you just go in there and play, but your eyes are trained differently. And I think he's done an uh, outstanding job of just not just training his eyes, but communicating, being a bit more vocal player. Uh, we've asked him to do a lot. He's done a lot. He's embraced that. And obviously he has a skill set that's very uh, important to our defense, you know, things that he can do, being able to cover, run, and obviously uh, pressure. So uh, the growth with him uh, has been pleasant so far. I think the other night you saw him play very well. Uh, and you just want to keep improving on that. Luke Masterson seems to be a guy you played pretty well on Thursday. What have you seen from uh, that undrafted free agent? Yeah, another guy who transitioned from safety to linebacker in college and still making that transition. Again, working on his eyes, working on the physicality, just the, the technique and fundamentals to play linebacker. And I think what he's really embraced more than anything else is being – uh, I call it the, the the commander in front of the defense and kind of just leading those guys. But I thought what he did the other night was really impressive. A guy was very active, came in the game right away, was throwing his body around. You know, we talked about being physical. I thought he was physical, using his hands. Thought he did that. Pretty good job tackling. Only one missed tackle for him. Uh, and just that constant improvement. Again, both those guys, Darian Butler and Luke, have done an outstanding job of just asking questions, putting in the extra time. You know, they're probably one of the first guys in the buildings and the last one to leave. Safety to linebackers, uh, the vantage point that you're seeing in the game from one level to the other, you know, is it drastic or subtle? Or it's a cheat code, right? I mean, you sit there, you're you know, 20 yards away from line scrimmage. You don't got no 300 pound lineman up on you. There's no heat right up in your face, and now all of a sudden you're in that five to six, and you're in that box. And there's some big men in this league, right? And they're very athletic, and and, and obviously they can hit you fast if your eyes are wrong. I think just again training that. Luke also played outside linebacker. Didn't really was the signal caller. And we played him at Mike and Mac position. He's an outstanding job with that. To just, again, train his eyes to see from inside out and seeing the whole picture. And, again, understanding what we want to do defensively. What did you think of just uh, communication-wise communication uh, in the game on Thursday? Are you guys where you want to be in that department? Uh, you never – you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to be your best in January and February, right? That's what we really want to talk about. But uh, the progress has been important and, and very critical to what we want to do. We do ask our linebackers to communicate, to run the show with hand signals, to fix things. I call it plumber. They need to fix things on their own. <laughs> and uh, they've done an outstanding job of that. I mean, all of them. And, again, we don't have a, 
a Mac linebacker or a Will. Those guys learn the linebacker position. If you can master that, the X and O's and the concepts, uh, you have you give yourself a chance to make this team and help our defense. Coach, you played at the highest level, obviously, and I think the players respect that. You can probably strap it, strap it up right now and play. But uh, I have a question for you as, in regards to whether you're playing the Will, whether you're playing the Mike, whether you're playing on the strong side of the formation. What is the single most important thing that you look for in kind of building the foundational core of this young union? Uh, I think the most the most critical thing is that I always start is just their eyes. You know, I, I think that's the hardest thing to train. But somebody that knows how to play with their eyes, you know, it don't matter what you run in a 40. You know, a guy that has bad eyes looking at the wrong keys, you know, staring at the quarterback, which is always going to be a lie for us, a linebacker, uh, that helps you anticipate and play faster. I really talk about that in the film room with these guys of just understanding their keys, reading their keys. Again, at linebacker, we're off 2-3-2 two, and two most of the time, right, if you count numbers. And I think when you see a guy that, that's looking at the right thing, that's not having no false steps, you know, not taking two directions, to, uh, two steps to his right to go left, you know, we want to take all that out. The game is played too fast. The guys on the other side of the ball are too good. Uh, and that's what you want. I look for the mental aspect. Obviously, if they're in this room, in this building, they can do it physically. Thank you, Coach. Nowadays, you know, linebackers are asked to contribute to pass coverage probably more than ever. Um, as somebody who played, what are sort of the challenges of – you know, having to be aware of the run game, as you said, kind of being in the box, but also having to, to be a presence in that pass game as well. Yeah, I think playing linebacker is more difficult than any other time. Um, you're asked to take on a 330-pound guard, uh, you know, cover a running back in space or tackle a running back in space at 200 pounds, and then go out there and run with T. Billings, you know, running 4 2 four, three down the field at times and cover two. So um, very unique. And I think the linebackers we brought in, they all fit that mold of guys that could be three-down linebackers. You know, when I played, it was, you know, two backs downhill. Now, we talked downhill, but it ain't really downhill. The game is, you know, horizontal. Then they puncture the line of scrimmage. So, for me, seeing these guys and, and teaching them to not be the typical linebacker that just wants to run to the sideline, do everything from inside out, play within the scheme of our defense of how we're built and how Pat has structured it, I think is critical. The one thing these linebackers have done a good job of is understanding who we have on the edges. I mean, we got 55 and 98. They're pretty goddamn good players, you know, and they do a good job of setting the edge. So as long as we can be inside out, we give ourselves a chance to play in the run game. And in the pass game, we understand that who's at two and three. What is our threat? Is it a speed guy like a Waller? You know, is it a, is it a shifty guy like Winfrow? That changes your, your whole game plan as far as how you coverage. There's a linebacker coach, Antonio Pierce. All of Antonio Pierce sounded like a, a you know, sounded like a, a true player, right? Did it, obviously, at the highest level with the Giants. Uh, was a coach at Arizona State. Now he's uh, with the Raiders on linebacking coach, and I think that he's really going to pay some good dividends. Again, he just looks like he looks the part out there. You know, hearing the communication between him and Patrick Graham and the other coaches on the staff, it just, they, it, again, they kind of look like they fit the part. Now, of course, they got to go out there and get it done. But uh, it's always good to hear from uh, from Antonio Pierce there, so I want to definitely bring that to the table. 4.43 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, wrap up the show, wrap up the week. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. Always got to let that Nipsey Hustle ride a little bit. Anytime you want to let something ride, put that nip on. Put that Nipsey hustle on. That's all I need to hear. Last time that I checked. Yes, sir. Shout out to Nipsey Hustle. He's getting his uh getting a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame or whatever that thing is called. <laughs> I think it's called the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I think that's what it is. But he's getting a star there. Sucks he's not there to obviously really 
check it out and see it and you know get the get the roses while you can but uh yeah shout out to nipsey hustle uh that was a great that's a great song i love that one we had some matter of fact we had someone tweet at us the other day damon asking what song it is that anytime that it comes on what's that nipsey hustle song damon plays that was it right there so there you did good no problem no problem last time that i checked for whoever that was that said that i'm surprised that i didn't tweet back at him i bet yeah 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 you didn't you didn't i did but you didn't I like to respond to everybody. Oh, well, there we go. Then I saw that you already said it. So no oh, problem. so I had you covered. Yeah, there you, you go. You just reminded me. Yeah. Got you. Got you. That's what's up. Well, we're winding down today's show. We're winding down another week. We definitely appreciate all the feedback. I think we've had a fantastic week of shows here. Uh, all the guests that we've had, all the, obviously, callers and texters and all that good stuff. And, hell, it's a week. It's a game week, right? I mean, excited about that. Excited to see another game being played and at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, I uh, just found out, saw the email from the Raiders that Wayne Newton will be performing the, the uh, national anthem. So uh, that's, a, that's a Las Vegas uh, icon right there, to say the least. Uh, he'll be performing the national anthem. Not too sure exactly who the halftime show is going to be yet, but I'm sure it will not disappoint. I know, the, oh, maybe, is, that the, is it the Raiderettes? Are they performing at halftime? Or are they performing, I forget, but... I know just when, when Wendy just gave us a text about what was going on. Oh, no, the pregame show will be the Fabulous Female Alumni Raiders. That's right. That'll be the pregame show. So there's, there's going to be a lot in works, uh, the, what's going on at Allegiant Stadium. So that'll be fun. But I'm excited really about the, the play on the field and just see how this team takes the next step before the first set of cutdowns. The first set of cutdowns will be on Tuesday the 16th by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. They have to have the rosters trimmed down from 90 to 85. So there's going to be a few guys – That'll be on the outside looking in come Tuesday about 105. You know, they'll be uh, hoping that another team is giving them a call and trying to get back onto a roster. So, uh, Damon, what are your expectations as we close out uh, this week? What are your expectations for Sunday? What do you think or who do you think will, uh, will step up and we may be talking about come Monday? I think that T. Billy, I think that he's heard the noise. You know, remember after the last uh, the Hall of Fame game, he said, my bad, I got to make that one. Or yeah. He had that tweet. So he is aware of the chatter that's been surrounding him on his play. So I do think that he's going to go out and try to redeem himself and have a big game. And I know if you're a degenerate and if you're out there, hey, I think that the Raiders are going to win this game. So if you want to put some money on the Raiders, I am also expecting that. First-time head coach from the Vikings, their first preseason game, I think for them it's going to be more, hey, are we getting the plays in on time? All of that like technical stuff on just making sure you know what you're doing and you still remember how to play football. And I think the Raiders having that extra game under their belt, they're going to be more ready to play. And I think they'll be a little more excited and pumped up because they're at home as well. Um, yeah, I don't really take a whole lot of stock into wins and losses in the preseason. But, hell, last week I remember talking about uh, the, the, the Raiders and the Jaguars. And I remember the Raiders were, what, three-point favorites. And uh, Lee Sterling said, uh, that's a lock. That was a level three lock that we had. That was a guarantee. And, well, the Raiders won. And so it's so funny, DeMond. I do, you know, this Locked On Bet show, I do it every day with, the, uh, with uh, Lee Sterling. And I couldn't tell you how many preseason games we've – We've talked about, like, we've put those plays out. We've already put, I think we put, we put one out today, as a matter of fact. It was our lock of the day. The Lions are minus two against the Falcons. And currently right now, uh, that game is tied up at uh, 17. So there you go. But, yeah, we, we've talked about, we talked about the Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, and Baltimore won that in blowout fashion. So it's so funny because it's a, it, you know, it's a, a preseason game. You don't really think about wins and losses. But, I mean, if you're trying to win money, it's all the same. Money's all the same, right? I mean, it's all the same. It really doesn't matter. I think it's a little risky to try to uh, bet on preseason because you don't know who's going to be playing all the time. But 
Look, I guess you could make a play on anything these days. The, <laughs> it's like a weird fact. The Ravens haven't lost like a preseason game yeah. in like three or four years or whatever. Forever, yeah. And it seems like, like forever. Wow. That yep. is useless information. No Super Bowls in that time. But if you're like, hey, man, I'm going to waste $5 on the Ravens. They haven't lost in five years or whatever in the preseason. Hey, Why not? If you win some money back, it must not be a waste of money at all. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what the what the line is for the Raiders, but I'm not definitely not worried about that as far as that goes. I uh, want to shout out to my guy, Mike Taylor. Uh, he hit us up and said that the, Raider, the Raiderettes are going to be performing at halftime. So it's not pregame. The Raiderettes will be performing at halftime. So shout out to MT. Uh, he's always on top of things like that. So that's, that'll be fun. That'll be cool to see uh, what I like to call is the OG Raiderettes. I remember last year, um, what was it, the last game of the season, DeMond? Or the last home – no, it wasn't the last home game. It might have been that Charger game. Where they they a bunch of them were there and and they met us at the torch and we took pictures with them at the torch. Yes, uh, that was. I, I want to say that was before the last. I, th- yes. I think it was. Yeah, that was that was. Matter of fact, that's right. Because uh, they were asking where the wife was at and I was like, oh man, her and her and little Sarah are running around somewhere having a good time. And yeah, that's right. That was the last game. Uh, it's always cool when they're out there representing and showing love to you know the 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 fans and you know being able to be on display out there and uh, you know just. Again, they're the original Raiderettes, so that's always cool, uh, and I know the fans always appreciate that as well. So that'll that'll uh, happen. Their performance will happen at halftime of uh, of the game on Sunday. So definitely look out for that. As far as what I'll be looking for and who I think we might be talking about come Monday, oh man, I think it's easy to say the offensive line. Uh, it's easy to say a guy like Thayer Munford because we've been talking about him so much to to end this week that I think we're going to be really focused in on him on Sunday, but I don't I don't want to go that route because, like I said, I think it's too easy, and so it probably won't happen. I think we'll be talking about Darian Butler. I think we'll be talking about the linebacker, the undrafted free agent linebacker out of Arizona State. I think he has a chance to, to, to be a guy, right? I mean, really, to be a, a, a good player on this team. Every time we see him in practice, man, we always – it's so funny. By now you would think I'd stop looking down at the roster and saying, oh, that's Darian Butler, but I see 58 flying around. I always see 58 flying around. I say – Man, there's a guy making that play again, and it's it's always Darian Butler. And so uh, I think you'll see a lot of 58 on Sunday, and he may be one of the guys that we're talking about come uh, come Monday. Um, last week, you know, we came out of the, the preseason game. On Friday morning, we were talking about Nate Hobbs. At least I was talking about Nate Hobbs and the way that he was on the outside and, uh, you know, going up against that the, the wide receiver there, and he was holding it down in a major way. So, uh, yeah, I think that we'll be talking about Darian Butler on defense and offensively, I think it's got to be somebody on the offensive line. I think somebody from the offensive line is going to show their worth. But it's hard to do that because the offensive line is a unit. But I still think that somebody will will step up and, and show, hey, this guy could be a big-time player. So it might be Thayer Mumford. It could be, continue to be Lester Cotton. Could be Alex Leatherwood. But somebody on that offensive line is going to step up. We'll be talking about them on Monday. So that's all I got for you. We'll see you at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday, 125 is a kickoff. Make sure you're there. And if you're not there, make sure you're tuned in. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great weekend.